Voices of the Temple, official podcast of the Temple of Witchcraft, exploring mystery and magic through love, will, and wisdom, hosted by Adam Sartwell. I call to the great spirit. I call to the two who move as one. Through the three rays of love, will, and wisdom, I call upon the goddess, maiden, mother, and crone, past, present, and future, creator, sustainer, destroyer, weaver of the web. I call to the god, lord of light and lord of darkness, god of the green and the gold, god of the horn and the red, singer of the song. Be with us now and forever. So more it be. So I'm here with Kriya, our Taurus minister. Uh, we had changed, was it last year? It was last year. Yeah. yeah. Last July. Yeah. Last July we changed um, from Jocelyn, mm-hmm. who was our Taurus minister before, um, to now Kriya. So um, Kriya, can you tell us a little bit about how you came to witchcraft? Sure. Um, I came to witchcraft at a very young age, still in my teen years. I was raised, like many of us, in a very religious household, and uh, my family was very Catholic, so that never really resonated with me. Sort of felt like an outsider and also had uh, dreams that would come true or would have Mm -hmm. those feelings of deja vu, so I know that things were a little bit different for me. And I went in search of a path that could accommodate the things that I was going through as well as different beliefs. I just didn't have the belief system that my parents had. And, you know, when you're a teenager telling your parents that you think they're full of mm-hmm. junk. Yes. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. <laughs> so I became a solitary. Um, I just read books, you know, the books that were available at the time way back when. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot of Silver Raven Wolf and Raymond mm-hmm. Buckland. And started to try to develop a solitary practice. Uh, it was pretty difficult because I didn't have the discipline at the time to do meditation or Mm -hmm. to really uh, learn how to connect into different states of being. Uh, But I did have a strong mind and could work certain spells if I had the focus. Mm -hmm. So um, that's how I started. And then over time, it's just developed into something different. Mm, Cool. So um, can you tell us about any pivotal moments that you might have had in your witchcraft practice? Yeah, definitely. Um, You know, between my teens and early 20s and into many years later, into the age that I am now, uh, you know, I'd fallen away from the path. You know, I'd had a child. I was on my own raising my son. And as life does, it takes the focus away Mm -hmm. from your spirituality. So I was away from the practice for a while, uh, felt a little lost, didn't really know, uh, wanted a group, not really sure how to find a group didn't want to get somebody that had that cultist mentality. Um, And so fortunately, I'm not even sure how it happened. I had perused um, a website that led me to Christopher um, Mm -hmm. and the first year he was doing his in-person apprenticeship. And being right down the road from me, I'm thinking to myself, oh, there's the sign, there's the sign. And uh, could I do it? And I made it happen, and I started it, and it gave me the foundation and the discipline that I needed to continue and springboard my practice into areas I never knew it would go. (laughs) So I would say that finding um, actual study that I could go to and be committed to and learn how to discipline myself and the right teacher, which taught me the skills um, and gave me all of the available tools 
and left it up to me to do it. So that was probably the biggest moment that pivoted where my witchcraft was then to now. Yeah. Do you feel like you've had a, a great change in your witchcraft since then? I do, yeah. I do, <laughs> yeah. It's been, it's been very interesting, and it's validated a lot of things that I didn't really know in my earlier years without that uh, framework for a practice. So yeah. I now know that it's not necessarily strange to see little beings out of the corner of your eyes. Mm-hmm. And more importantly, I'm with a group of people that also see <laughs> those things. Yeah. So it's um, it makes me feel less crazy and more connected and understanding of the interconnectedness of everything, regardless of what religious background or what faith or what spirituality you have. So it was wonderful to be connected with people who um, feel and think similarly and have similar experiences. Mm -hmm. Cool. So now the Taurus side deals with the steward. That's the um, archetype Mm -hmm. that it's supposed to have. And um, in our tradition... Uh, so, as lead minister of Taurus, what does that mean to you? I've done a lot of uh, meditation on this and, and with the steward and the archetype um, to try to figure out where my place is in this ministry and how to project that forward. And for me, stewardship is, at the base level, it is how can you help the planet, the beings, people, and how can you show compassion mm-hmm. every day towards everything in your life? How can you care for those things, whether it's your family, whether it's yourself, whether it's the land? What can you do to be a steward for our world and make it a better place? Hmm. So a lot of times I wake up in the morning, I go for a run. So that's how I meditate is when I run. And I'm asking, what, what am I focusing on that day to make that world a better place? Some days it's just picking up trash on the trail that I see. Mm-hmm. Some days it's... Uh, Here's a, here's a guide you can work with, and you're going to put in some time with this guide. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe in activism and volunteering, so I do think that each one of us, once we find that niche, is here to provide a service for the earth, for the animals, for people. Mm-hmm. And uh, whatever area people are drawn to is where they should look into volunteering. So if they like animals, going to their shelter, volunteering with a rescue or shelter. If they like the environment, getting involved with the EPA, getting involved with your local Audubon, getting involved you know, with legislation on what's going on in your state, um, making choices as far as your food, eating locally, talking to your local farmers, decreasing your you know, carbon footstep. Mm-hmm. So it encompasses a lot, but it can be boiled down to being a, a good citizen and a good person. Yeah. So um, you guys... Taurus covers a lot of things. Mm. Um, so uh, it also encompasses our pet ministry. Mm. Um, and I was going to ask you what the plans were and how listeners can help with the, and how they're interested. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I want to go more towards like, um, because we've had recent changes yes. in the pet ministry, uh, <clears throat> the people who wanted to do it and were very gung-ho then sort of let go. Um, But maybe there's somewhere out there listening to this Mm -hmm. podcast, someone who is passionate about pet ministry. Mm -hmm. So um, maybe you can detail what you have for a vision on the pet ministry. Sure. So for pet ministry, my vision is to create... um, to create focus on not only animal welfare rights, but knowledge and education on all of 
animals having to do, whether it's our food supply, whether mm-hmm. it's our actual pets, um, mm-hmm. and whether it is people who choose to hunt and fish for their food. Mm-hmm. Um, animals, we cannot live on this world without animals. So areas that I'm looking to take it are, um, you know, educating, providing a basis for education for people who want to learn more just about basics, maybe spay neuter, maybe how to brush your dog's teeth, maybe how to tell if your animal is in danger and what to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another aspect of it that wants to give people um, the tools and information they need if they wanted to volunteer on a large scale. Everybody sees the ASPCA and the HSUS and when they're taking animals from puppy mills or fight rings. Mm-hmm. And there is an organized training system out there that is free for people to learn about and then they can get deployed and actually help mm-hmm. directly with those situations. And it doesn't necessarily have to be handling the animals. It could be more administrative. It could be organizing. So there's a lot of different ways. Um, for those that have some experience or professional uh, healing experience, you can go into shelters and perform Reiki on the mm-hmm. animals. You can do it for your own pet. Um, so I do belong to the Shelter Animal uh, Reiki Association, and that's a great place to start for information and a lead-in. Mm-hmm. And I also do that with my job because I'm the medical director at an animal shelter. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, trying to tie in healing, education, knowledge, and change for animals in general and helping people get the services that they need for their own pet is mm. really what I envision. Now, if someone wanted to do something uh, pet ministry-wise, mm-hmm. uh, what should they start with? I would say they should start with an idea of what they're passionate about. So I am open to a lot of ideas, but if people are approaching me wanting to help, wanting to volunteer, the question I'm going to ask them is, what is your vision? Mm. Why are you coming to the pet ministry, and what do you hope to change? What do you hope to do? How, what is your service going to be? Yeah. And how will that benefit the animals mm-hmm. and the people in the long run? Yeah. So I'm open to ideas, but people should come to me having some type of idea of what they want to do. Yeah. And certainly, you know, working with the <laughs> clusters of... Um, ideas that you just threw out mm-hmm. of education if they want to write blog posts yeah. for the temple bell and put out that on educating people about animal rights and animal mm-hmm. issues mm-hmm. Um, or just people who want to do healing or something like that yeah. and what sort of cluster do they want to be in? Exactly, exactly. We would love to have somebody that writes regular articles for the tourist ministry that have to do with the pets Yeah, um, and any writers out there that are interested in doing that it doesn't even need to be a consistent basis although Mm -hmm. I'm happy to discuss that Um, I have lots of ideas I just need some people to help out with that (laughs) (laughs) so um, another aspect of Taurus is that Taurus is sort of responsible for the land of the temple Mm -hmm. and uh, we've got lots of plans I've seen them So what are the plans for the temple grounds? And are there any ways that our listeners and our temple people can help? 
Yes, first I should say that if you want to help, just contact me. I will find a job for you. Uh, <laughs> there are a lot of plans for um, the Temple Grounds, and we're taking it in stages because currently there's probably about a half a dozen or so people that are committed to working on certain projects, mm. and it's spread out over about a dozen different projects. Mm -hmm. So it makes the work seem like it's way more overwhelming than what it needs to be. Mm -hmm. uh, so we would like to get a pool of volunteers that are close to us that can come down on a weekend and either help weed or dig trenches or fill a pathway with stone um, or just be available for whatever chores on the uh, agenda for that day. Um, and I, it's a fun chore for the most part. So I don't have a green thumb, but I'm looking for people who do or can just follow direction really well. Yes. <laughs> That's my saving grace is that I can follow direction. Yes. <laughs> so, um, some of the plans are we're finishing up the front yard right now. We're now weeding that. We're going to rake the mulch cut down some of the grasses, and hopefully dig a trench that runs alongside where the road is so we can put some big rocks there and help prevent runoff of any of the mulch going forward. Mm -hmm. uh, where the front yard is so close to the street, we wanted to do some barrier um, there so we can maybe keep some of the garbage out but also uh, be cautious of what we're losing each rain or each winter. Yeah. Um, and then there's a lot of things going on with herb gardens, the poison mm -hmm. garden. Um, we're going to be building or um, pathing out a spiral pathway for the front yard. And there's a ton of work as far as trail work and clearing in the backyard. So if anybody has a truck and can lift some, you know, cut logs, please contact us because there's a lot yeah, of clearing we, in the back that needs to be done. Yeah, we had a huge tree fall yeah. <laughs> and took out a couple of other trees on its way down. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we would love to have about a dozen or so people to help out with that yeah, couple that, of days. That would be it, quite it, a project. It will be a project, but um, it is needed in order to progress any further, in order to create any of our circles, any of our wells, you know, yeah. any of that we need to first clear the land and kind of flush it out, so... Anybody that wants to be a part of that, contact me, please. Yes. And they can contact you at uh, Taurus at templeofwitchcraft.org. Yeah. Okay. So, um, now my third thing that Taurus sort of covers is um, ecological pursuits of the temple. Mm -hmm. uh, do you have any plans for this aspect of your ministry? And mm -hmm. are there ways people can help? So I've been working with um, the Deputy Minister, Irma Hackett, mm -hmm. and uh, we've been working mainly focusing our first goal on supporting the bees in mm. the environment. Uh, bees are integral to our life, just as yes. trees are integral to our life. Mm -hmm. And uh, everybody, I think, all of our listeners will know that they are in a dire strait. Yeah. Um, and so we need to really work to support them and protect them try to undo some damage if we can, but also lay some strong groundwork so going forward they're protected. Mm -hmm. So uh, Irma and I have been working for the last six months uh, with Christina Treffrey, um, and she is making some beads for us, some mala beads, that represent the colors of the bumblebee, and uh, we are developing a chant that goes directly along with that. So mm -hmm. we will be laying the foundation and doing our chants for a long time mm -hmm. <laughs> and then we'll be looking for other people to jump in after that um and they could either purchase beads you know we have something set up so 
if people wanted beads like ours, they could certainly do that, or they could just use their own mala beads and do the chant, um, and we would give the specified directions for that to the people yeah. who are interested. I have had some people contact me already about that, so that's great, yeah. um, and we can use all the power and all the chanting possible because... As you know, mm -hmm. chanting builds. It yes. doesn't really go away. Once you lay the foundation, everybody who does it every single time builds and builds and builds. So it's a way for us to remain connected to each person, and it's a way to continue to build that web so we can help the bees and um, provide them with a hive of support. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really important. So that's the first thing we're focusing on. We have a couple different areas that we are also interested in, but I like to get one thing set and going before I move on to the next one. Yeah. So th that's pretty much what we're focusing on at this point anyway. Okay, cool. So you're sending out energy for the bees. Yeah. Yeah. Bee good. energy. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. It's hard to break it down into just one area because there's so much that needs support in the world. Yes. So whenever yeah. there's you know, that change in vibration, and you may not know that there's something happening somewhere far away. Mm -hmm. um, if there's ever that change in vibration, or I find that there's, um, you know, a catastrophic event somewhere in the world, I'm always sitting down and taking time to meditate with the steward and sending healing energy to those places. So that is a part of my regular Taurus practice. Um, and I encourage everybody to do something when that happens, because yeah. again, um, you know, the more healing and positive thoughts that we're sending, the better it's going to be in the long run for Earth. So, yeah. so um, my last question is, mm -hmm. uh, you've gone through the five years of the mystery school, mm -hmm. and uh, some of our listeners may not have. <laughs> uh, do you have any advice for those going through the program uh, now or maybe going through the program? That is a great question. So I thought about this one, and... What came to me most is that uh, what worked well for me was being at a place in my life where I could reflect on myself. Mm -hmm. So if you come into the practice and um, you are you feel like you have an external locus of control, like everybody else is acting on you, it's not your fault for anything, and why is life so tough? It's going to be challenging for you to get through that first year because it's all about centering yourself, looking inwards, and figuring out how you yourself work and how your actions affect the world. Mm -hmm. So my advice would be to be in a place, in a headspace, where you can reflect, you can devote the time to the exercises, perform them several times, and then be willing and able to accept feedback. Mm -hmm. So that's another area that's really important <clears throat> because a lot of us... Come, I think, you know, a lot of us are damaged in some way. A lot of us yeah. have our baggage. Mm -hmm. And uh, to find your spiritual path and get the most out of the teachings, if you can come to your lessons every day with an open heart and an open mind and let all of that negativity go and realize if you're getting feedback, it's not personal. It's just something somebody is seeing. And, um, you know, if you react to it, then that's a trigger for you and to reflect on why it is. Yeah. So being able to know yourself, know thyself, is the best thing you can do going through the mystery school. So my advice would be um, not take things so personally, do the work, mm -hmm. and be committed because you will get out of it what you put in. Yeah. I, I think that's great that you bring that up. Um, recently, I feel just having, because I get to hear some stories mm -hmm. that um, come through the grapevine, and 
I've noticed a lot of the Betrayal song lately. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, observing it from the outside and thinking, so how how does this get solved? Right. And um, when I was thinking about it, was I was mowing today. And doing a little, my own steward part. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was thinking about it and I was like, wow, you know, that's really a reflection of the inner, internal world. Mm. You have already feel like you've betrayed yourself mm-hmm. by having this happen. And it doesn't matter who it is. And I see the people who have the betrayal song going on in their head mm-hmm. um, seem to have it happen over and over and over again. And it may be the person is trying to do their best for that other person by giving them the feedback that they need. Right. And yet they get seen as the betrayer. Right. So, and just a song that's been around and I thought it was interesting that you brought it up. Yeah, it is. It is. (laughs) And and that's the biggest thing is that if, um, if you're taking things personally to the point where it's, uh, you're blaming another person for how you feel, yeah. then that's a point to reflect on because that's going to prevent your studies yeah. as you and your exercises that you have. It, it is going to affect everything and you're not going to get past that point. Mm. So, um, you know, maybe consider making friends with one of the, uh, you know, dark goddesses or dark gods <laughs> yes. and getting some guidance yeah. from them. That's really helpful because mm-hmm. that's a, a non, uh, non-biased non party, so to speak. And developing those relationships is certainly important. Um, but then if you're sensitive to hearing what people have to say to you, owning that yeah. and, and saying to people, I am a little sensitive right now. I'm a little raw. So I, yeah. I apologize. Please Tell me what you're going to say, and I will try to see if that's actually happening within me. Yeah. You know, and that's really important because I agree with you. There is a lot of the betrayal song going on, and um, it just creates chasms between people, and it doesn't need to. It's, um, you know, we're all on a vibrational plane and trying to work to better ourselves in the universe, and Mm -hmm. it's not ever personal. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for... uh this you're welcome and uh i think we'll uh say goodbye to our listeners bye (laughs) and we'll uh close down our space so we thank the great spirit and the two who move as one we thank the three rays of love will and wisdom we thank the god and the goddess who move through us and work with us may we always recognize their presence in our lives blessed be blessed be Merry meet, merry part, and merry meet again. You've been listening to Voices of the Temple. The contents of this podcast are copyright 2010 of Temple of Witchcraft. For more information, please visit templeofwitchcraft.org.